SBS Radio. In this bulletin, Uncle Jack Charles farewelled with a state funeral. The swollen Murray River expected to break its banks as soon as today. And China tells Britain to protect its embassies after the alleged assault of a protester at a consulate in the UK. Indigenous elder Uncle Jack Charles was remembered as a survivor of the, of the stolen generation who inspired others at his state funeral in Melbourne. Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews was unable to attend the service for the late 79-year-old actor due to the ongoing flood crisis in the state. Minister for Child Protection and Family Services Colin Brooks has told the service that Uncle Jack Charles was the finest storyteller of them all. Uncle Jack dedicated his life to sharing his love and inspiring others. We were always better off from hearing the wisdom of his words, wisdom that he shared with so many of you here today. He often called himself a leading light, and that he was in so many ways. The federal opposition has thrown their support behind a private member's bill from Northern Territory Senator Jacinta Price to reinstate alcohol bans across the NT. It's been three months since the Stronger Futures legislation was lifted across much of the Northern Territory, with Aboriginal health bodies reporting anecdotal increases in alcohol-fueled violence. Opposition leader Peter Dutton was in Alice Springs yesterday where he commended the bill from Senator Price saying it comes from a deep understanding of the community. There are many people that we've spoken to over the last 48 hours who have really been concerned about the abuse of alcohol, uh, people who are committing crimes as a result of uh, their intoxication, particularly violence against women. And Jacinda is a person who understands it in her own community. A senior First Nations leader has spoken out about the flood threat along the Murray River on the New South Wales border. There are evacuation orders in place for nearby Echuca in Victoria's north, close to Kamarajonga Reserve, based along the river. Their land council's Leon Atkinson says authorities should have helped residents to prepare, but he had to source sand for bagging himself. Meanwhile, residents of Echuca are facing evacuation warnings with the Murray River near the New South Wales border with Victoria set to peak from today. The community in Victoria's north has been piling sandbags in a bid to protect thousands of homes and businesses in the border town. Victoria's State Emergency Service has issued emergency warnings for Victorian towns along the along with watch and act messages along swollen rivers. There are concerns the Murray River could exceed levels recorded during the 1993 floods and severe flooding is likely at Kirang at the levels seen in 2011. And the wet weather is set to return on Wednesday in New South Wales where flooding is already affecting the state. The risk of thunderstorms on Thursday could bring widespread rain and renewed flooding along rivers that are already inundated. The downpour could could cause concern for parts of the northwest, central west and southwest inland catchments. The Bureau of Meteorology's Dean Naramo has told the ABC a concerning situation is developing. 
Just quickly, that low is going to move towards the South Australia New South Wales border tonight and then slowly move south uh, through western parts of New South Wales and Victoria as we move through Thursday and Friday. What that means, widespread heavy rain and thunderstorms through New South Wales. Hundreds of people in Moamah near the Victorian border have already been told to evacuate this week. The federal government is expected to unveil a series of new energy projects today, including a $1.5 billion investment into renewable energy zones. The money will go towards areas with the biggest potential for renewable energy generation, including support for offshore wind and an energy transmission link between New South Wales and Victoria. The rewiring the nation plan is also set to establish a marinas link between Tasmania and the mainland, which will allow Tasmania to gain 200% renewable energy. Tasmania currently operates at 100% renewable electricity generation. Climate Change and Energy Minister Chris Bowen told the ABC the projects should help to drive down power prices and create new jobs. This is the biggest announcement of a Commonwealth investment in energy generation and transmission since the original Snowy Mountain scheme back in the 1940s. And this is really important because we have 86 months to 2030 to reduce our emissions. And as the crisis earlier this year showed, uh, we are dealing with the implications of having four gigawatts of power leave our system over the last decade and only one gigawatt come in. Mr Bowen says while there are construction constraints, the first of the project is scheduled to be completed in 2028 or 2029, while the second cable will be completed between 2030 and 2031. Australia's Foreign Affairs Minister has visited the Cook Islands for the first time to build upon Pacific relations. It's being described as a milestone moment for the partnership between Australia and the Cook Islands. Minister Penny Wong says she's committed to the relationship as well as tackling climate change and COVID-19 challenges. I know from what you said to me, Prime Minister, uh, and uh, as you know, uh, committed to the regional architecture. Uh, We are committed to uh, working with uh, you. Anthony Albanese will host the leader of Japan, Fumio Kishida, in Perth over the weekend. The Japanese Prime Minister arrives on Saturday and the pair will meet at a leader's meeting on October 22nd. The leaders are expected to discuss climate change, clean energy solutions and how to establish a stronger defence as well as security partnerships. Former Wentworth MP Dev Sharma is criticising the government's reversal of a decision to recognise West Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. On Tuesday, Foreign Affairs Minister Penny Wong declared the government's move to overturn the policy determined under former leader Scott Morrison in 2018. But Dev Sharma says it was not communicated to the Israeli government in advance as part of international relations protocol. And the Palestinian ambassador to Canberra, Dr. Izzat Abdel Hadi, has told SBS Arabic 24 he hopes Australia can play a constructive role in peace negotiations. In fact, I hope that the relations between Australia and Israel will not sour because Australia's relationship with the two sides is important and can play a useful and constructive role in the Palestinian-Israeli peace process because Australia is accepted by both parties. Israel, Israel's Prime Minister Yair Lapid has expressed disappointment in the decision. UK police are investigating allegations a protester was pulled into the grounds of a Chinese consulate and beaten during a demonstration against President Xi Jinping. 
The incident happened in Manchester when officers had to rescue a man who they say was assaulted, prompting the UK Foreign Office to raise concerns about violence. UK Minister Zach Goldsmith says he's told Chinese authorities that the right to peacefully protest in the United Kingdom must be respected. China's Foreign Ministry spokesperson Wang Wenbin says when there is a disturbance endangering security, diplomatic institutions can take necessary measures. I don't know the specific situation you've mentioned. The Chinese embassy and consulates in the UK always abide by the laws of their host country. We hope that in accordance with the Vienna Convention on Diplomatic Relations and the Vienna Convention on Consular Relations, the UK will provide facilitation to the normal functioning of the Chinese embassy and consulates in the UK. NATO plans to deliver air defense systems to Ukraine this week to support the country to support the country against Russian drones targeting critical infrastructure. Ukraine's President Volodymyr Zelensky says the drone attacks have destroyed almost a third of Ukraine's power stations over the past week. He's thanked Ukraine's partners for their help with missile defenses and he'll attempt to speed up reconstruction work where possible. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the best response is for allies to step up contribution for air defense systems. Meanwhile, the new commander of Russian forces in Ukraine has admitted they are under pressure from Ukrainian offensives to retake southern and eastern areas. The Russian Air Force General Sergei Sorovikin says the situation in the area, which he called the special military operation, can be described as tense. Russian forces in Kherson have been driven back in the past few weeks with the Kremlin-installed chief of the southern region announcing a gradual displacement of civilians. And there are reports in Sweden that at least 50 meters of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline was torn away in last month's blast based on underwater footage. On Tuesday, Danish police confirmed the damage to the Nord Stream pipelines in Denmark's economic zone was caused by powerful explosions. Swedish authorities have launched inquiries into the destruction within its economic zone and secured evidence. Copenhagen Copenhagen police also planned to form a team of investigators. The four lakes were discovered in the Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines following explosions near the Baltic Sea. Qatar Airways says it's it's cutting back on its own flights to enable the arrival of funds for next month's World Cup. Chief Executive Akbar Al-Bakar says hundreds of flights will be landing for the the tournament which is expecting about 1.2 million visitors. 32 nations are participating in matches across eight stadiums, but the airline has withdrawn flights from about 18 destinations. Mr. Al-Bakar says it's important to make space for fans at the airport coming to the event. Our priority is to give access to all the countries that need, who are participating and need to bring large numbers of passengers. And I'm very happy to say that we have many airlines that are now applying to come to Hamad International for the first time. And having a look at the weather around the country this Wednesday afternoon, Broome, sunny, 28 degrees, Perth, sunny, 30, Adelaide, mostly sunny, 24, Melbourne, sunny, 22 degrees, Hobart, partly cloudy, 20, Albury, Wodonga, partly cloudy, 21, Canberra, also cloudy, 23, Wollongong, possible shower, 22, Sydney, a chance of shower, 23 degrees, 
Newcastle possible shower 23, Brisbane showers increasing 23, Townsville partly cloudy 28, Cairns possible shower 32, Alice Springs partly cloudy 27, Darwin a shower of 233 degrees, and the Torres Strait Islands a sunny day ahead and a top of 32 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from.